Thank you for connecting to this podcast from Faith Renewed Outreach Center. We hope that it's an encouragement to you today. For more information, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. I'm so glad that you're at uh, Faith Renewed this morning. Uh, you could have been somewhere else, but uh, we're glad you're here. And uh, we believe God sent you here and uh, brought you in to be a part of the work that he's doing in this place. And so uh, we're just excited about that. If this is your very first time at Faith Renewed, we always love to just greet you. So Faith Renewed, let our first time guests know you're glad they came this morning. You may be tuned in via live stream or podcast, and so we're glad you're just connected to us. And um, we love first-time guests. We love second-time family. So let's just, just come on back and be a part of this thing. And so, uh, but we are, um, we're pumped, man. We're kicking off a brand-new series today called The Return, and we're going to the book of John. So if you've got a Bible today, turn to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. First-time guests, we are a little crazy around here, so... Um, we, we recognize and acknowledge that. Bible says that we're peculiar people. A peculiar people. So uh, there you go. That's what I like. So uh, John chapter 4. I like hearing pages turn. I'm, I'm new, newfangled stuff's good. I, I, I mean, I got an iPad, but I still love my Bible, man. So I love hearing pages turn, too. That's pretty cool, man. Never, uh, never stop using your real Bible. Even if you don't bring it here, never stop using a real Bible. Uh, those things are, are a great thing, and um, so uh, highlight, underline, leave that for family when, you, when you're gone, so uh, just use that book, so um, it's a great, wonderful thing. John 14, if you've got it, we're going to go ahead and start reading in verse 1, and uh, we're going to read 1, and we're going to read through 6 um, this morning, so um, if you would, uh, if you don't have a Bible, it's going to be on the screen. If you need a Bible, we'll give you one. Stop by Connect, and we'll have someone uh, back there after service give you a Bible. So uh, please do that. But John chapter 14, verse 1 says this. It says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. And if you have the red letter edition, these are the words of, of Jesus who was speaking. He said, Believe in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Aren't you thankful he spoke greatly to you? And uh, verse 4 says, And where I go you know, and the way you know. But Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going, and how can we know the way? And I love this verse. Jesus said to him, and he says to us this morning, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The only way. Can we talk to the only way, the way maker this morning? Father, we thank you this morning for all that you're doing in our church and in churches that are preaching the gospel around this world. Lord, I pray God blesses upon each of them today. And, and I pray, God, they'll see great harvest in their services and they'll see lives change and they're making disciples. And Lord, as we continue to want to raise up disciples in this church, God, who are passionate followers of you, who are making your son known throughout this earth. God, and I pray that your Holy Spirit will just in every way prepare our hearts for this word today, God. And I thank you that you are real, you are true, and you're good. And Lord, we want to experience all that you have for us. And once again, we thank you for your love, for your grace, for your presence in this place. In Jesus' mighty name, say it with me. If you believe it to be true, amen. amen. 
Amen. Amen. Have you ever had to return something? Now, when I, when I say return something, I'm not talking about the sweater that somebody got you for Christmas, and then when you put it on, you went, I ain't wearing that. Nowhere. And, uh, and so, or you save it for the ugly Christmas sweater contest next year, or whatever it may be. And, uh, but, but not that kind of return, but, but you actually got something, and you knew that part of the process in getting that would be that you would have to return that. Or you're like, Pastor, what are you saying? I'm talking about this. I'm talking about for my wife and I. I've um, got to go way back now, 23 years, almost 24 years. But our first year of marriage, in, um, we uh, had, had, had were married, and it was December, Christmas time. And our in-laws, her folks, got us our very own VC. I don't know the sound. R. You know, I was going to do the VCR. can't remember it. But, but VCR. Anybody know what a VCR is? All right. Keep your hand up if you had a VCR. Keep your hand up if you still have a VCR. Okay, cool. You say they are still good to have around. They're, 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 they're a pastor. Some, some, of you, uh, some of you younger generation, you're wondering, what's pastor talking about? Uh, a VCR is, is a very uh, cool thing. It actually plays a, a little uh, tape called a video cassette, and this thing actually has material on it. It's a miracle from God how all that stuff gets on there. And then you take it, and then you place it inside the VCR, and, and, and you actually can watch this image. You can watch a movie. It's, it's a pretty cool invention. You know, I, I like it. This is, this is the VCR. This is before the DVR and, and before Netflix and before Hulu and all these other things, before On Demand and before all this stuff. You actually had to go get this video and then watch this. And, and, and a VCR, great invention. And if you had a master's degree uh, or your doctorate, you could actually take and you could set the time. I mean, you know, if you had that, if not, it just flashed all the time, just flashed. It's just always 12 o'clock. And, uh, and it, but if you had that degree, you could take that. And if you're really smart, you could actually program it and then it would record a show. Awesome. And, and I mean, this is where all this began. And so you could go home and it actually would be there waiting on you. I remember that. It was just, you know, it was kind of cool. And we had that invention. And, and we did something. Once we got our, our VCR, you know, you feel like you've arrived. As a, you know, you married a couple, you're young, you got, you know, these things. Oh, you got everything now. You don't need anything else. You got a VCR. And so we had this VCR. And so we did the next great thing that couples do back in that day in 92, back in the day. And, uh, and so you, you do this you go and you join. Pick a flick. Come on, somebody. Y'all are in this. Y'all know what I'm talking about. some old people in this room with me. And uh, you, you join Pick a Flick. And, and it was cool. And so you actually get out, and you didn't just browse on your phone and, and pick a movie and then watch it right there. You actually got in your car. You went together. It caused fellowship, and it caused great things to happen. I love this whole technology thing, man. It's not good sometimes. It's messed up everything. But, but it was cool. You take this, and you bring it home. You place it in there, and then it starts jumping around. So you have to push the tracking button. Until finally it evens out, and you're like, yes. And you're hoping, man. You're just hoping that, man, I hope this is one of those good tapes that had been used too many times, and you ain't got to get back in your car and go back and take that. You just hope you pray it. And so it helped you pray more. There's a lot of good things that come back in this time frame. A lot of great things happen. 
but you would take this and you would watch it and you get this and then you would rent it for a day. If you were cheaper or if you wanted to spend big money, spend a whole $3, you would go ahead and rent it for, for three days and then you would bring that back. But for me, I had struggles. Okay, now this is just some struggles that I have. I, I have, uh, some people say I have a, a tendency towards, I don't like to even say it, OCD. All right, so people say I have that, the tendencies towards that. I, I've refused that, and I don't accept any type of uh, that type of work. I, I declare that I don't have OCD. I have something called SOE that people have heard me say. It is a spirit of excellence. I mean, there's a big difference, man. Spirit of excellence means you want these. Somebody, I, got, I received that right now. I mean, you got set free. There's deliverance in the house right now from all OCD. I mean, receive a spirit of excellence. It's a great thing. But things belong in certain places, but sometimes it's plays with me. And this struggle was real for me. I, I remember that we would watch the movie, and as we watched this movie, I would sit there, and we'd enjoy it to some degree. You had popcorn, and, and you know, it was, it was just fun time. And, but in the back of my mind, because of my struggle, my struggle, I knew that thing had to go back. Now, so I'm sitting there, and um, watching the movie, still somewhere deep down within me, I knew it had to get back, and I would begin to think about that whole process. And then if you did it, you know, if, if you ordered it and you went and rented it at 6 p.m., how many knows the next day at 6 p.m., that joker better be back. <laughs> and it better be there. And so it would play on my mind. And so it just seemed like always something happens when you're trying to return the, vi- the, the video. I mean, just some wrecks happen. Some, there's just crazy stuff going on. And then you find yourself at 559 sliding into pick a flick, <laughs> coming out and just jumping over stuff. And then just right at the end, you're looking and and then you lay it down on the counter. And then you're like, yeah, yeah, charge me late fee what I thought. I don't even try me no late fee. What's wrong with you? And, and, and you see that. And then you remembered the little smiley face sticker. I already heard somebody say it. Please be kind and rewind. You like tore up. You're like, man, then the SOE kind of got, got, got struggle. And, but I remember that. And, and I, I, I don't know, kind of crazy what opened a series, but I kind of think sometimes there are some people who have tendencies towards viewing the return of Christ in some time, in some way, the way I would watch those movies. I think they would, in, in their mind, they're doing this. They're kind of in this back of their mind, letting all that's going to happen one day, this return from Christ, kind of put them in a little bit of a weird mode where they're still always thinking about that, and they don't, in that moment, get to enjoy what's right in front of them. Now, I, um, I also have seen this, and it's, it's a scary place to be. I think sometimes there are those people, and, and, and there are sometimes situations to where they could care less if the video made it back by 6 o'clock or not. They're like, I mean, what? what you you going to charge me a late fee? You're going you gonna to what? You're going to do this? You know what I'll do? I'll go to Blockbuster. You know, I'm going to go to movies. I'm going to go to movies. I mean, you know what I'm talking about? And, and so what they do is this. They've watched this, and this movie's placed before them, and they're sitting there. They're watching. They're enjoying their movie, and they could care less. You know something? I think sometimes that happens with the return of Christ. It's sometimes easy to kind of get caught up in what's in front of you and forget that there'll be this time when 
he'll come again. Wow, and it's just, it's just kind, of, uh, kind of sometimes overwhelming to think about. And so I want to spend some time, the next, we're going to do this in four weeks maybe, uh, if, and, and talk about the return of Christ and what it looks like. And I wanted to do this. I, I would just ask God, guys, you show me, and I want to teach your word. And, and so I said, in this series, how do we start this? How do we talk about this return? And so he, re- he led me, I believe, to kind of talk about this story in John where literally these are his words. This is what he said about this. And so we, we see this. And so if you're a note taker, I, I want to give you three things that I believe are very, very valuable and a great way to start our series today. And, and it's, it's this. In John 14, we'll find three things here that, that kind of set us up for the return and what this looks like. And the first one's this. It's in verse 1. He says this, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. And so point number one is this. It's Jesus' words. So I didn't figure I could, I'd mess it up if I said what he said. I didn't figure I'd mess it up. And he said this, Let not your heart be troubled. Now, this is, a, this is a beautiful, beautiful story here that this, this taking place to where we, we see where Jesus has been spending three years now with his disciples. And these are the last days. This is the last moments that he's getting ready to spend with them. He, 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 so he's preparing them. They had watched him and they had lived with him and ate with him and spent time and did this thing and watched miracles happen. And Jesus healed people, set people free. I mean, literally get them up out of the graves. They, they've watched all these things. And so sometimes when you kind of get in that moment, you just start thinking, man, it's just always going to be this way. It's just always going to be good. But, but Jesus knew some things. He, he knew this. He knew that there would be a time, and he knew it was soon, to where he would have to do this. He would no longer be walking with them doing those miracles. He would be giving his life for them and dying on a cross. And so he, he begins to let them know, don't let your heart be troubled. When you see me and you see them arrest me, take me and put me and make me a prisoner, don't let your heart be troubled. When you watch them pull me across that whipping post and stretch my arms around that post and whip me with a cat of nine tails, when you see them beat me until I no longer look like the person before you, let not your heart be troubled. Wow. <laughs> when, when you see me nailed to a tree, don't let your heart be troubled. And I, I don't know, it's, I, how can you watch that and not be troubled? How, how can you see this happen and, and, and not be troubled? Don't let your heart be troubled. When you see me give my life and take my last breath and speak the words that it is finished and then I give up my spirit and I leave this earth. Don't let your heart be troubled. <laughs> when you watch them place me into the grave and they're going to roll the stone in front of it and I'm going, to, I'm going to literally give my life as a ransom for yours. When you watch this happen, don't let your heart be troubled. Why would he say this? Because he knew. He knew that on the third day, and we're going to celebrate this in four weeks on Easter. I, mean, I love Easter, and it's just a great thing. But we can celebrate it every day as believers. He knew, don't let your heart be troubled, because on the third day, he was going to get up out of the grave, and he was going to defeat death, hell, the grave. He would defeat those things forever. He knew that. So he said this, don't let your heart be troubled. He goes on and he's letting them know. He's saying to them, don't let your heart be troubled because this is what's going to happen. I'm going to leave. 
this earth. I'm going to send to heaven. And I'm going to leave. But don't let your heart be troubled. You know why? He said, because I'm coming again. I'll come back. I'll be back again. And that puts us in sometimes in this frame of mind where it puts fear in us. And, and just to be honest, I don't know there's, there's no sweet way to say this, but if we don't know Christ, it should put fear in us. If we're unsure of our salvation, we, it should kind of do something to us. I, I remember growing up, and um, I, I kind of grew up in a very you know, kind of a strict home, religious home, uh, but a lot of love still. And, and I remember sometimes my view of God, and he wasn't this father who sat on the throne who loved me. He was this God who just in every way wanted me to mess up. And, and so I, I sometimes lived in such fear. And I remember this. I remember closing my eyes at night, and I would say, no, nah, lay me down to sleep. Pray the Lord my soul to keep. And I was serious. No, I was serious. I mean, like, man, I learned that when I was in kindergarten. I was still praying that up until an older age. And, and I was praying that way because, you know, some, I, was, I was wanting to keep my soul in case something went down, in case something happened. And so I lived in this fear mode, and, and I had this mindset. And I remember as an, as an older teen, I came home one day. And, uh, and if you know my mom and dad, they come worship with us from time to time. And, and uh, if you know them, my folks are homebodies, uh, just like we are today. I mean, my, we just love being home. It's just, you know, just relax and be there. And, and they didn't go anywhere. They just didn't. They just stayed at home all the time. They're just one of the things that you just, you always home. And I remember one day pulling into my driveway, coming in. It was a normal day, and I saw their cars in the same place they were always at. And I remember going in, putting my key in the door, and even kind of wondering why was it locked. But I remember going in and walking into the house, and my mom and dad not being there. Now, I'm a teenager. You you know, young punk, and you know, you kind of, you know, you got your chest butt out, you're walking around the house, and you know, you've been doing your thing that day, and I probably just come from the gym, I thought I was awesome, and and I come in there, and I walked in there, and I walked in, and then they're gone, and they don't go anywhere. My chest started going. And I'm going to be honest, I got scared. And this, this cool guy with his chest out who was just kind of easing around the room, swaying, began to move quicker and began to go around and begin to look and was saying, what's, what's going on? Long story short, my aunt and my uncle came in and picked him up. They went up the road and heard a fire truck or something. You know, they just always followed the ambulances. You know, that's my family, man. You know, it's, I don't know, bro. You know, that's how we do it. And so they followed an ambulance somewhere. My, and so, so they were gone for that reason. But I remember the fear. I remember the fear. And, and honestly, I, I mean, I know, again, I'm looking back and I'm saying I see it this way in this light, but if I don't know Christ, I should fear it. I should put this in me. I should cause this thing to kind of go on within my heart. But for the believer, and he said, he's telling these disciples, he's letting them know, don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let it be troubled. Look at the Bible. He says this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. It says this. He says, But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. He's talking about when we leave this earth and those who have passed on. He says, For if we believe that Jesus died, rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. Great promise for those that we know who know Christ that have gone on before us, man, that we're going to see them again. There's going to be this day. And he says in verse 15, For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord 
will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself, all right? I want you to get this because we're going to start seeing this pattern happen throughout this series. He says, "For, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Ain't that beautiful? That's a precious and beautiful promise that we have in him. And we see this, and we're going to see it throughout Scripture, and I'll spend time on it later on, but we see this thing. It's not some kind of little quiet secret little coming of Jesus, and then all of a sudden, what happened? So really, man, that fear that I was in, uh, even as a teenager, I would have known if that would have taken place, because everything we see in Scripture, this happens. And then we see in verse 18, he says, Therefore, comfort one another with these words. You know what he's saying is this? This is not the end. Aren't you thankful that this is not all there is? That when, when, when you love someone and, and they know Jesus and they have this relationship and if you know they've gone on, you know something, you're going to see them again. This is not all there is. There's promise here. He's going to come again. And I, I don't know. I, I don't do this. I don't do this. But I want to start doing it more. So maybe I, I can try to, and be more mindful of this. I don't ever really comfort people with those words. People come to me and, um, you know, they, situations are going on. I think we try to do biblically what we should do. We come in agreement with them. And we pray the prayer of faith and we, we encourage them and, and all those types of things. But do we really stop and say, hey, guess what? Jesus is coming. This ain't the end. He's going to return, and, and it's, going, it's going to be good. It's going to be okay. It's, this is not all there is. And so it, it's a different mindset that you must get. And so he's letting them know, comfort each other with these words. Say these things to them. Let them know that this is not all, all that there is. This should be for us, this promise as believers. It should be a great comfort to us. It should be a comfort to know that, man, this is worth it. It's worth it. It's worth, man, surrendering my life. It's worth following him. It's worth giving to him. It's worth praying. It's worth getting up, coming to church. Matter of fact, those things pale in comparison, the little things that we do on this earth to the eternity that we're going to have with this holy God. I mean, have you thought about it? It's a beautiful thing. So comfort each other with these words. Don't let your heart be troubled. So don't live this mindset in this fear and of, of, man, he's going he's to come back. Or if you have that today, in just a moment, we're going to let all the fear be gone. And we're going to show you the one who takes every bit of that away because this is the good news. Don't let your heart be troubled. What does he say next? We go on and you see in this passage in verse 3, he says, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. The second thing this morning, again, straight from Jesus' words, is Jesus will come again. I just, that's awesome, man. I mean, to know that he's made a promise to me and you, I'm not going to leave you this way. 
It's, I know it, it may not look good. Yeah, I know you're going to see all the things happen and unfold in your life. And it's the same thing today. Sometimes we see and have those moments where it's difficult and life is hard and we go through difficult seasons. But don't let your heart be troubled. You know why? Because there will come a day I will step out from heaven and I'll come again. He said this, I will come again. Now, this had been prophesied. Over and over. We, we've done a study on this book of John on Wednesday nights. We went into detail, and, and we began to see how as we studied that book that there was prophecy after prophecy after prophecy about the coming of Jesus the first time. I mean, he spoke this, and this had been said by prophets of old, and, and then we saw that fulfillment of the prophecy take place in the person of Jesus Christ. And we, and we watch him come to this earth. And do you know this in Scripture? If you begin to study it out, you'll find more prophecy about the second coming than there are even about the first. And so you're going to see this. This has been spoken of. There will come a day, and I know this is happening. And some of you who have been in this thing a while like I have, some of you begin to think sometime, man, I've heard this my whole life, and it's never happened. It can only happen once. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's kind of like, yeah, it's going on. I've heard all this passage. It's going One time. And if it had happened, we ain't here in this way. Thank you, Jesus. It's, it's another way, another day. And he speaks this. And, and sometimes we can become guilty of the same way that we see in the Scripture. Because we may not think he's going to come a certain way or it's going to happen this way. And it was the same way that he came the first time. You know, there were people in the temple and they were praying and they were, I think they were serious. It may have been religious things that drove them, but I think they were serious. They were in the temple and they were praying and they were like saying, oh, send the Messiah, Lord, send the Messiah and send the Messiah. And, and you know what was going on as they was praying, send the Messiah? The Messiah was cruising down the road right outside their door on a donkey. I mean, he, I mean, going down on the, I mean, just crew, come. And I, I don't know. I just, I think sometimes we can get, sometimes our mind in a certain way, it's got to happen a certain way, and we really miss what's important. And, and, and we're going to talk about, we're going to look at Scripture and, and see what it says about when that's going to happen and how that will happen. And we're going to try our best to kind of just stay close to Scripture and just and, and show those things in that light. But sometimes we can miss the most important thing. The most important thing is this, that he will come. He will come again, and, and he's going to come, and he's going to step out of heaven, and this is going to be a beautiful thing, and no, he didn't come the first time like they thought he would. It didn't happen that way, but it's going to be exactly the way he said it's going to happen in the second one because in the book of Revelation, in 22 chapters, you see 45 times where they talk about this king on a throne. There's going to be the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords who's going to step out of heaven, and he's going to come back to this earth, and we're going to see him. We're going to see him. He will come again. It's a beautiful thing. No patty cake. I mean, let's give God a praise offering for that right there. He's, he'll come again. He's coming. And I love it. I just, I'm just, I love the words of Jesus. And, and he said this. He, he told us. And, and, it's, and it's, I'm so thankful that he says on in verse 3, and it's our third point, that we can go where he is. We can do this. We can be with him. And so he tells them, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. And I'll receive it that where I am, there you may be also. 
I love this. And I'm just so thankful for this, that we'll have this day, and this will take place. He tells us in Titus chapter 2, verse 11 and verse 14, he says that for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Do you realize this? The grace of God has appeared to all men. That Jesus, he, he died, he gave his life for the world, for all. This is how this works. He gave it, and this is available to all. And he said, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age, looking for, look at this, the blessed hope. The blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. This is a beautiful thing that we can have an eternity in heaven with him. I'm just, I, don't, I love this, and I, I love that promise that this is available to all men. But you know something? You can read in Scripture that not all will accept him. All won't do that. All won't come to him. There's, there's, unfortunately, there's, there's false doctrine today that, that even speaks and says things that everybody will go to heaven eventually. You may have to go for a little time and, and maybe pay for some sins in, in hell, but eventually, because you know something, Jesus died for all, all will be saved. And, 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 and the Bible says it's his will that none perish, all come to repentance. Yeah, that's his will. But how many knows just because it's his will don't mean it's going to happen? I've missed the will of God many times. I've missed it many times. God was saying this, and I was stupid. Just wrong. I was just I went this way, and then I come back. He said, "Yeah, remember I told you he loved me. He quit loving me." But he said, "You remember that?" I said, "Yeah, I remember that." We miss his will, and there's only one way. I, I don't. I don't. Oprah, big bucks, and all. Oprah's got all the bank and all that kind of stuff. But but what Oprah is saying, and what a lot of people have grabbed hold of this 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 thing that everybody goes to heaven, and there's these many roads. There's many ways. Oh, it's all roads lead to him. And eventually, in the end, you may just take a detour down this road. But in the end, all roads... No. It's not true. We've, we've got to go to Scripture. We've got to go to the Bible. And the Bible says this. And Jesus spoke it with his words. And, and Thomas asked this. And Thomas was always in the mix, man. And he's about as bad as Peter sometimes. And, and he, he, he says, we don't know where you're going. And we don't know how to get there. What, what are you saying? And Jesus says this in verse 6. Jesus says to him... I am the way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He didn't say I'm one of many. I'm a way. I'm, I'm a way if you don't like nothing else that you find out there and you've tried everything else and it don't work. Them. No, I am the way. It's the way. And that's a beautiful thing that he's made the way for us. He's made it available for us. He did this for us. There are not many roads. There's one way, and there's one truth, and there's one way to get life, and that's Jesus Christ. And there is no other way. And, and there are no other opportunities, but he made this available for us. And he said, we may go there. We can go to this place, and we can spend eternity with him. That should shape us. That should change us. That should affect how we speak, what we say, 
what we do, how we speak to others, how we see, even this afternoon, when we go to the restaurant and they don't fill up our glass of tea on time. It should affect us. It should, it should affect us. Now, I'm, I'm like everybody else. You pay for something, you need to get what you pay for. But, man, you can do things certain ways in the right ways, especially if you've got a faith or new shirt on. Please, <laughs> do that the right way, man. <laughs> do that the right way. But it should affect us because here's, here's what's true. I will spend eternity somewhere. Not six feet in the grave. <laughs> He said that. I'm just, that's asleep. It's temporary. Go there, boom. That's another message. But it's, it's temporary. I will spend eternity somewhere. And so will you. So will that waiter. So will that waitress. So will the neighbor. Gets on your nerves. And you know you should have already knocked on their door and gave them some brownies and brought them to church. You know it. You know it. But will you see it this way from here on out? They'll spend eternity somewhere. That, that every one of us will go to this place. And, and I love it. I, I'm excited about it. I'm comforting with you these words, I hope, and I hope that even through all this, it's doing something to you, and we're going to see this thing that we can be with him forever. Look at the Bible in Revelation 21. We'll close with this. Revelation 21, verse 1. It says this, and, and, and if, if you've got a Bible, this is some good highlighter stuff, man. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth passed away. Also, there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice. It's not going to be a secret thing. I wonder if, it's going to, wonder if I'll know. And no. I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. And he will dwell with them and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. Wow, you've heard this. And look at what he says. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. Have you ever lost someone who's close to you physically? It's tough. There'll be no more of it. Have you ever faced any sorrow? There's been times we cried, and I know we've got to be cool, and come on, I know I cry, and, and so some of us cry when nobody's around. Listen, there's going to be no more crying. No more sorrow. No more death. I, I just, I'm longing for that day. And, and I, want, I want everyone who I can take with me and go with me and experience this. He said, there shall be no more pain. Aren't you thankful that this is not all there is? Such temporary. He said, there'll be no more pain for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on 
the throne. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. He said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. Good. Just quietly, just stand to your feet with me, please. And I want you to just, oh man, I sense the Spirit of God. Who can feel His presence right now? Thank you for being here, God. Thank you for being here. These words are, are true and they're faithful. And if you have a relationship with Jesus, let me comfort you with these words. He's coming again. If you settle that in your heart and you know that there'll be a day you're going to see him again. Man, it's a beautiful promise. Thank you, Father, for a promise like that. And if you know this, you know this. You know right now the Spirit of God is kind of speaking to your heart and, and, and you know that when that happens, man, you, you, are, you cannot wait. There's a longing inside of you, this glorious appear in the words that he spoke. You know this. You know in your heart there's going to be a day that you can spend eternity with this loving God. You know in your heart. If you know that in your heart, I just want you to just do this right now. Just, just raise your hand up to heaven right now, man. Oh, what a beautiful thing. And as you raise that hand, just close your eyes and bow your heads for just a moment. And just take just a moment and just thank God. Can you do it? Just praise the Lord right now for making a way, for being the way, for being truth, and for giving you life. Thank you, Jesus. God, we thank you right now, Lord, for the cross and, and for the grave and for the ascension and for your return. God, we thank you for those things, Lord. If you know that's going to happen, you can't wait. You know it's going to take place. Just raise your hands up to him and just give him a praise offering. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Man, what a beautiful day it's going to be. Thank you, Jesus. You can put it down just right there, but just I, I, if, if you raised your hand, I want you to just do something for me, if you would, please. And once you put that hand down, I just want you to start praying for just a moment. For those who are in this room today, they were unable to raise their hand. And that you were unable to raise your hand. And, 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 I, and just begin to pray that they'll make the decision you made to say yes to Jesus. They'll make that decision. And for each of us, we have to come to that place and decide to say yes. But I'm so thankful that Jesus made a way. And if you didn't raise your hand, you know something? Jesus is the way, the truth, and he'll give you life today if you just surrender your life to him. If you would just, just give it over to him today. And, and, and if, if you were able to raise your hand, I just want you to pray this with me. I just want you to right where you're standing and, and just, just repeat these words in your heart after me. Just say, God in heaven and on your throne. I believe Jesus came out of heaven, came to earth for me. For me. I believe Jesus was beaten and crucified for me. I believe that. I believe that Jesus resurrected on the third day for me. I believe he ascended to heaven 
and he's going to come again for me. I place my faith in that. I place my hope in that promise today. And I know it's not on my own strength, but you're the one who comes and can save even me. I receive you now. I receive you now. Fill me with your spirit in Jesus' name. Amen.